From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles and across the reaches of the internet, it's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Joseph McGranigan and Hamlet. This is too long on this week's Iambic episode. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of High on Film Sobering Talk About Movies, the podcast that's last on the charts at But First in Your Hearts. I'm Chris Maxwell, your host. Welcome to the show. Episode 237, if you can believe it. I know I can. And boy, oh boy, are we setting records today. This is the single longest movie we have done on the podcast. Beating Gone with the Wind by, I believe, four minutes. At four hours and two minutes, we are watching Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet from 1996. Uh, adapted for the screen by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, of course, based on the play by Christopher Marlowe? Who is it? Billy something? Billy something. William Shakespeare. Uh, I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. I think I said that already. With me, as always, is the man who's right to my left. He's the co-host from the couch. He's the walking Kevin Bacon game, uh, mother of dragons, one of Earth's mightiest heroes, and the Brad Davis that God gave us. My co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah? Yeah. You holding up? I, I'm making it. Hamlet 96. Four hours. Four hours and two minutes. Those two minutes felt like an eternity. Did they? <laughs> yeah. Those last two minutes Those you really felt? Those last two minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's when it started really kicking in. Yeah. I mean... Uh, spoiler alert, once you lose Hamlet, you know, the play no, goes downhill from no, there. No, not, you didn't say you were in spoiler country. I didn't say we were in spoiler country. Oh, but Chris. if you don't know anything about Hamlet, what do you do? Pick up a folio, would you? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, this is the, not only the longest movie have we done for the podcast, I think this is the longest movie I've ever watched in a single sitting. Yes, because... The OJ documentary was longer. Right, but, but I watched that over... I watched it like four or five eight parts. Eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight different days. Um, and I believe this, you can say the same thing, correct? Yeah, longest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you're a fan of Shakespeare, though, right? Yeah, everyone's a fan of Shakespeare. And that's not true. I, I mean, am I a fan of Shakespeare? Yeah, I respect Shakespeare. I was never big into reading Shakespeare, per se, until I got to, like, college. Okay. And I read a couple things. All right. Uh, now, after having seen this... Is this your favorite Shakespeare adaptation for the screen? Uh, I don't know. I like Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> Doesn't count. Sure. Not the same. Uh, yeah, Ten Things I Hate About You is good. Yeah. Uh, I'll also defend the Baz Luhrmann Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, yeah, that one is yeah. pretty good, too. I actually. like that one. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get to the subject at hand, Hamlet. I can think of no better person to come on this show and talk about William Shakespeare's Hamlet than one of my personal favorite actors, uh, one of my goal guests for this podcast when we started six years ago, was this gentleman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my friend and brilliant actor, Joe McGranigan to the show. Oh my god, you guys, it's so good to be on the show. It's been six years of me listening and uh, being jealous of all your other guests and never getting on, and that's, uh, that's my fault for not visiting, but... Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, uh, we appreciate you uh, giving us your time here today, uh, across the reaches of the internet. What made you choose... Well, you know, I mean, I think anyone who knows you uh, knows you love Shakespeare and Hamlet. But yeah. I want to know, why the Kenneth Branagh version over, say, the Olivier version? Which is what surprised me most about your choice. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to... 
I like I wanted to find a, a film that would be kind of a dick move to suggest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. No, I, I um, I, 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 I narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to a, a Shakespeare, one of the Hamlets, or another stakeout. And because um, I love another stakeout, I think that movie is perfect. <laughs> I love that that was what your battle was between Four Hour Hamlet or Emilio Estevez and Rosie O'Donnell in another stakeout. And the sequel, yeah. too. <laughs> it's a sequel. It's a perfect film. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I saw that you had never done uh, a Shakespeare. And I, I like the Olivier Hamlet from 48. I love it. But I. I don't know. Um, I, it's not as fun to watch as this one. Even though this one's four hours for me, I have uh, I watched it when I was in AP English uh, in Mr. Ross's class in eleventh grade, and we watched it over the course of like five days. And I was like, "This is this is it. Like this is awesome." And I didn't see the uh, Olivier version until much later. So this one has sort of a like a more dear place in my heart. Absolutely. I mean, Brenna is terrific in this. I mean, from the moment this starts, I mean, even as a director, I mean, this starts with a scare, and it's off and running. I mean, the, the dialogue yeah. is very well paced. Uh, and yeah, even though it's four hours, it's, it, it moves, and it's entertaining as all hell. It is. It's pretty, I mean, it's very, he does a lot of cinematic things, but it's also, a, it's a stage production that he took from the RSC that he was in and just put it on film. So sometimes it feels too big. I feel like his performance gets a little too scenery-chewy sometimes. But the fact that it's like that almost the entire way, I, I get I get into it. I get used to it. Oh, yeah. I, I do, too. I mean, I, I will admit I kind of snickered a little when Branagh first appears on screen in all black with the bleach blonde dye job. And His facial hair is so stupid, hair. though. It's, like, it's the worst part of the movie. No, I've come to really love it. By the end of the movie, I am all for Branagh's look in it. Uh, the little I triangle it's, it's awesome. uh, soul patch and the and the dumb mustache. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That triangle, perfect triangle mustache. It's so and cool. I remember when I was in high school trying to grow that exact facial hair <laughs> and just failing That's miserably. So like... <laughs> Not an easy thing to do, but Branagh apparently pretty gifted in the facial hair department. He's all about the facial hair. He had the Hercule Poirot uh, mustache just this past year. All right, well, let's get into our first category. It's called our category. Jesus Christ, Brad. Oh, Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> our first segment, it's called Trash, Star, Destroy. We're each going to give you uh, three movies of a similar ilk. Uh, one, you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One movie you get to uh, star in, in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And then okay. the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version of that film that has ever existed has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of Bad mm-hmm. Boys 2 fame. Okay? Yep. So, let's do uh, a Hamlet category. Three Hamlets. We'll do, you might do Hamlet 48 with Laurence Olivier. Okay. We'll do Hamlet 90 with Mel Gibson. Uh, okay. And we'll, uh, do, we'll do Hamlet 2000 with Ethan Hawke. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, I actually just watched uh, the Mel Gibson one. I didn't know it was directed by Franco Zeffirelli of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's Zeffirelli. 
who's who was famous for yeah, his uh, his Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's so weird Joe, because it's so bad. Oh, I kind of enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah, I just watched it only a couple nights ago. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I thought Mel Gibson's crazy eyes really worked for Hamlet. Actually, it's just close-ups of his crazy eyes. Once I got over his stupid haircut too, in that. <laughs> it's like a prerequisite for doing Hamlet. You got to look like a big idiot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Well, what are you doing with this trash star destroy category? Um, so I'm definitely going to star in the 2000 Hamlet because I think I think Ethan Hawke kind of ruined it, and I think that's a great film. Okay. You get Bill Murray as your Polonius. Bill Murray's my Polonius. He's. Great. I assume you're going to be Hamlet, right? Yeah, and I like I like the conceit of yeah, and I like the conceit of the the camera that he's always turning on himself, and I think that there's there's just so much more there than Ethan Hawke. Like gives us. He's playing the kind of like the the like slacker two thousand, you know, uh, version of Hamlet, and and that's fine. It kind of fits in the film. He's in New York City. He's wearing that that hat. <laughs> but I feel like he, I feel like the hat actually does that hat with the ear flaps does more acting than he does in that. That is a very two thousand hat to have. Oh, it absolutely is. I still have a hat like that. Uh, but um, I I just feel like if when you I feel like if you underplay Hamlet. You, you're gonna go. You're gonna look back years later and be like, "Man, I, it was all there." It's like if you have a buffet and you just go for like the most bland potatoes. It's idiotic. <laughs> so I'm starring in that one. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw the. I, I'm gonna have to throw the um, Mel Gibson one in the trash. I, I just don't need it in my, in my life. Right? I don't need it. I'm never going right. to watch it again. So it's going in the garbage. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that leaves Michael Bay to deal with um, Olivier. Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they would have a lot to talk about. And maybe my, <laughs> my, my hope is that, is that Larry has some advice that changes Mr. Bay's life, outlook, just like opens his heart up. He finds that there's more to the human existence than, than cars that go fast and things that explode. <laughs> and that would be nice. That would be nice. I'd like to see him do some Shakespeare. That would be, uh, I mean, yeah. he'd, he'd get my money. I would give him my money for that. I, I, I want to see what happens. Michael Bay Shakespeare. Brad, what are you doing with these three movies? The first thing I am immediately doing is teaming up Michael Bay with Mel Gibson. Absolutely. That this is my is, thought. That exactly. Is the, that is honestly the only thing I give a shit about in this category, is making sure that Mel Gibson and Michael Bay are on the same set, and then I can be a fly on the wall. And they're doing Hamlet. Yeah. That's a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we must obligatorily say that uh, Megan Fox would be Ophelia as well. Right. Yeah. Of course. And Mark Wahlberg would be Hamlet. No, it would, uh, I mean, would be Mel Gibson. Right. Mark Wahlberg would be Horatio. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or Claudius. Yeah. He could be. He could be Uncle Claude. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, he would be like older than him. Yeah. Well, that's why I hate him. Like his mom remarried. Is like, like younger, younger, hot, Freddy. <laughs> Who loves brother. working out at the gym. Yeah. Um, and then that leaves the other two. There was part of me that was like, man, it would be cool to work with Olivier. But I feel like Olivier was kind of known of being a fucking nightmare to work with. Sure. So I guess I'd, st I'd maybe take the role of Hamlet in the Ethan Hawke one as well. And then I guess I'm trashing the Olivier one? Oh, boy, that's kind of problematic. You're going to be Hamlet? 
Yeah, I, you could pull it off. I'm just surprised you're choosing Hamlet for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't if if I was gonna. I probably wouldn't choose Hamlet under all circumstances. In that one, I probably would. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving the Zeffirelli version with Mel Gibson to to Michael Bay. Absolutely. I guess I'm gonna trash the 2000 one with Ethan Hawke because I'll star in a Best Picture winner. Absolutely. Uh, that's true. Yeah. No problem there. Who are you playing? You know, I feel like I, I was born a Horatio. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take uh, Liartes instead. I want to get in on the sword fight. I want to yeah. have a little, I want to have some uh, stage combat. Yeah, the old stage combat class exactly. finally come into play. Which Liartes, we all three Liartes, Liartes is a fun role. It's uh, it's like on the stage, it's what they call a fag in a sandwich role, which means that uh, you, you're on at the beginning, and then in this case you have like a three and a half hour break. You go have a cigarette and a sandwich, and you come back at the very end, <laughs> the fag and a sandwich. But um, so it's that's fun. A little fact for you. I like that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great fact. All Fun right. facts from Joe McGranigan. <laughs> Theater facts from Joe McGranigan. There it is. Theater corner. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's do one more uh, trash star destroy category. I got three other movies here. Uh, let's do Kenneth Branagh's three. I guess uh, most successful, most famous Shakespeare adaptations. Henry V. Hamlet 96, and Much Ado About Nothing. Trash, Star, Destroy. Uh, that's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm willing to give Michael Bay this Hamlet 96. You know? Okay. <laughs> four hours. It's going to be like I know four I hours. I just said that I like it and it's dear to my heart, but I, I, I think he could have some fun with that. Actually, you know what? Maybe we should give him Henry V. It's a, yeah, war, it's a war film. A war film, exactly. He can set it in the no, I'll take it back. Let's give him Henry V. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want to star. I don't want to star in this, in this, um, in the Hamlet one. I, I don't want, I'm not interested in it. I don't know why. I like watching it. Okay. I don't want to be in you it. You like that idea? Yeah. And I don't want to be in his, as much ado either. I, so I'm not I'm not I'm not making any progress here. Let's uh, let's go back to the start. Okay, we <laughs> we give Henry V to Michael Bay. Okay, and he 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 resets it in modern day Afghanistan. Sure, definitely does. Uh, I star in in the Hamlet as uh, uh as Horatio. You get to act with uh, Robin Williams. That's pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of great people you get to sort of be on set with. Yeah, the uh, whole stacked cast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Billy Crystal, all of them. So I'll be in that. I'll be in that. All of them. All of them. Every one of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I guess we uh, we get rid of the much ado, which I'm I'm okay with. I mean, that did have uh, uh, Keanu Reeves as Don John. And I don't think yes. the world's going to cry to see that performance go in the trash can. Oh. <laughs> Chris, okay. well. Chris well. I think you should talk to our friends at the Theronathon podcast if you want to see someone cry over. That Have they watched that one yet? Uh, well, no, because Charlize isn't in it. Oh, that's true. That's the next one coming. Yes. Once they wrap up all the Charlize Theron movies, then I think the Keanu uh, Reeves podcast is coming our way. Um, but yeah, they should get you for that much ado. And uh, you can voice your concerns there. Hey, I will. I'll sing it. I'll voice my concerns all over the place. Any podcast that will have me. Hey, I think they listen to this show. Here's here's your pitch, guys. Joe McGranigan for Much Ado when you get to your Keanu Joe McGranigan would like to come and talk about his terrible performance as Don John. Here's a little taste. 
I thank you. I thank you. I am not of many words, but I thank you. Actual line. Theater facts, a joke. Theater facts, a joke. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, I think I'm going to be in Much Ado, and I think I'm taking Keanu's role. Oh, my God. I just, oh, did I insult you? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, And I think you're right there. Michael Bay is Henry V. Um, Revenge of the Fallen. He's, yeah, and, he's doing uh, the least damage there. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, we're trashing this Hamlet, which I, might be my new favorite Hamlet, actually. I gotta, it's been a while since I saw the Olivier one, but, man, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I really liked it. So, yeah. Brad? Yeah, I'm, I'll give Henry uh, five to Bay. It does make the most <laughs> sense. I mean, that's, I think, a clear one here. So, I guess that I'm trashing much ado... And I'm going to star in this Hamlet. And, I mean, I can't take Hamlet because Branagh's too fucking good. Although, it would be nice to make out with Kate Winslet. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, got to cut corners. Uh, I guess Horatio is probably the smartest. I actually thought about taking the Gravedigger from Crystal. Um, that's a great, that's the, the best walk-on. It's so good. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I do. I love that role, and he nails it. And his his accent's all weird, but I I love it. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with Horatio, you get to be with so many good actors in the movie. Like you get to you're spread out so much that I think that is the right call. Yeah, and you get to be with Branagh so much, where that guy's just going fucking nuts the whole time. I just I forget lines yeah. constantly because I get so lost in his performance. You're in the scene with Billy Crystal. You're in the scene with Robin Williams. You're in the scene with Jack Lemmon. You're with Branagh the entire time. Uh, you get to be with uh, Timothy Spall and whoever plays Guildenstern. Another right. Brian, <laughs> who was not in the Harry Potter movie, so I don't know him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the role to take in the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm doing. You got Branagh spitting in your face the whole time. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And I wouldn't have anybody else do it. No way. <laughs> you get to be one of the sole survivors at the end of the film. That's right. Pretty much the sole survivor. survivor. You're in charge of uh, telling the story, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're in charge of telling, telling Hamlet's story. Go forth right. and, and spread the word. Never yeah. have we heard a story of such woe as the story of Hamlet and his Horatio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's good. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Joe McGranigan, more Hamlet, and more High on Film right after this. I can't believe we just gave Michael Bay Henry V without a second thought. I mean, that's a good yes. film. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That's a, that a good point. Those are the tough realities of Trash Star Destroyed, Joe. That's going to keep me awake tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully uh, you can shed yourself of, of your sins of, of that later, because uh, we have to dig into Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Now, of course... Our first game of the podcast, That's Worth a Damn, is The Summary Game. If you have not read Hamlet, if you have not seen any version of Hamlet, here it is, full spoiler country. We're diving right in. We are getting our passports stamped. Here we go. We're each going to take a turn at summarizing Hamlet in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to watch. For zero to two points, uh, we'll each judge each other uh, numerically uh, based on our performances, as friends do. Zero to two points... (laughs) Uh, for each player involved, please use decimals to help refine your score if you see fit. Hamlet runs 
242 minutes, allowing us each an ample 24.2 seconds to get out the best summary that we can. All right. So, okay. here we go. Of course, during our patented, during our patented, Jesus Christ, Chris, get it together. Christ, Chris. <laughs> during our break, we had our patented Toy Cause Coin Toss, where we flipped the three-sided coin into the air to determine who would go first. Brad, having won last week, gets to, got to call it in the air. You did. It came up, Ted's, just like you said. Yep. You going first, second, or third, my friend? Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Chris. Um, what? You. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I should be okay at this. I watched two Hamlets in, like, 48 hours. So, I should have the story down by now. Okay, let's hope. <clears throat> okay. So, 24.2 seconds? Yes, sir. All right. In three, two, one. Hamlet uh, is visited by the ghost of his dead father who finds out that his uncle had killed his father uh, and married his wife, uh, usurping his Denmark throne. Uh, so, Hamlet mopes around a lot, acts crazy, drives his former girlfriend insane, uh, gets sent to England... Wow, I got so much time. Then he comes back, uh, finds out his girlfriend uh, had killed herself, so he, oh, he staged a play to make sure his uncle did it, and then he kills his uncle and everyone else uh, in the meantime. Time. <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like... Bumming around the castle, killing people? No, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern definitely get killed in the meantime. <laughs> they do, they do. Polonius is killed in the meantime. In the meantime you're right. <laughs> but you make it sound like he's got nothing better to do, and he's just... He doesn't! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. There you go. All right, Joe, you're next. Are you ready for this? I don't know. Let's do it. All right, 24.2 seconds to summarize your beloved Hamlet. In three, two... One. Hamlet is a Dane. I'm not sure if that's important, but what is important is that he's a prince. Also important is that his dad is murdered by his uncle. We don't know that at first, but he's murdered by his uncle, and then his uncle marries his mom. He comes back to Denmark for the funeral and stays for the wedding. Uh, but then a ghost, the ghost of his dad, appears to him and says, uh, "My, I was killed by your uncle. You got to, use, you got to get him back." And he does by the end. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Got to squeeze that you know, fourth and fifth act together there in those final seconds, but not too bad. Really, where we're, if you get to the point, uh, when I hit 23 seconds, we were at 15 minutes into Branagh's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I kept remarking that as we went through. It's like an hour before you even get to the ghost so that Hamlet even talks to his dad. It's like 45 minutes in. I'm like, Jesus, we're just now getting the call to action? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I feel like that's a disclaimer. We have to constantly yeah. keep saying this. But no, no, seriously, I really enjoyed the movie. I did. I did. Yeah, I did too, actually. Okay, Brad, here you go. 24.2 okay. seconds to get out your summary of Hamlet. Okay. In three, two, one. Hamlet's father dies, so he returns uh, for his funeral. He finds out that his uncle has now married his mother. Uh, he uh, meets up again with his... Uh, ex-girlfriend and her brother, well, he doesn't really meet up with them, but either way. Um, and then, uh, he, um, uh, go, uh, the girlfriend ends up killing herself after he leaves again, after he murders Polonius, and then he comes back, Bye. oh, man, I got so fucked up oh, in the no. middle. I was yeah. like, there's so much more to this movie, what am I missing? Because <laughs> I was just gonna jump to the end and say they all fucking die, but. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I took that 24 for granted. You did, you That's did. That's exactly what happened. That's what that, that was the same thing, Brad. I did the same thing. 
I was going to tell That's it all. That's one of my worst I was tell it all. sorry games in a long time. The sorry game. Sorry, Brad. No, it's all right. Hey, listen, sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. I just, I froze up in the middle. Yeah. Well, luckily, in High on Film, there's always another chance. Here it is, our second game, First Impressions. This time, zero to three points for each player involved, uh, as we each give the person sitting to our right a line to impersonate to their best of uh, their ability. Uh, okay, zero to three points. Uh, well, I went first. So, Joe... You're going to get to go first here and give Brad any line you'd like to hear him impersonate. Okay, great. Uh, Brad, at the end yes. of Branagh's first act, air quotes, he has uh, Hamlet giving the speech that begins with, um, uh, not, uh, I can't remember, but it's in the outdoors scene and he's seeing the uh, Fortinbras' army marching towards uh, Poland. And it ends with the the rousing line, oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or be nothing worth. And he shouts it loudly because the camera has zoomed away and he's, he's got this army marching behind him. So I need to hear some shouting. That's all I have to say. You need to hear some shouting. It may be the uh, worst shot of the movie because the green screen is so Oh, it's bad. terrible. I've, I, they just invented it like the week before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I'm glad we're talking about it now because that was something I would have probably mentioned in worst scene. That green screen is fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the clip. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or be nothing worth. And that's intermission. Okay, Brad. You ready for some uh, Kenneth Branagh? Hamlet? It's a curtain line. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or be nothing worth. That was pretty good. <laughs> I went that for it. Good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was good. That wasn't bad. You, here's what happened. I'll uh-huh. tell you what happened. You got a little overzealous on O from this time forth. And, yeah. and then, and then. What did I say? I, you did it oh, right. You did it right. It's just a little overzealous. You got to save it for that, that word bloody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Shake, shake my ear. Yeah. You got to build that. And then, yeah, you were maybe a little under on bloody, but otherwise, yeah, yeah valiant effort, my friend. No, it was, it was, it was fantastic. You. Still. Thank Still. you so much. Brad, do you have a line for me? Yeah. So, uh, I have a line from the ghost dad scene. <laughs> ghost dad? Bill Cosby? Yeah, I know. Bill I Cosby shows up in this? Uh, yep, it's really fucked up. <laughs> Can't believe he's still working. Um, it is the scene where his father shows up as like a zombie ghost, whatever you want to call it. I think it's ghost traditionally in the Trish, <laughs> yeah. flag. Ghost dad. He looks like a zombie. He looks like a white walker. Yeah, yeah he does look like a white walker. <laughs> So I just don't think zo- uh, Shakespeare wrote many zombies into his plays. That's why I said Ghost Dad. Yeah. Um, Not like Jane Austen. Right. Jane Austen definitely did. Pride and Prejudice and zombies. <laughs> um, but it's a line in a Ghost Dad speech. Okay. Where... <laughs> it's Ghost Dad. I will not, because it's making you laugh, and so it's working. Um, but uh, where he's talking about his brother. Like, we even flash to a shot of his brother who killed him. And he's referring to him as the incestuous, indulturous... Beast. Motherfucking Claudius. Motherfucker. 
The serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. Oh, my prophetic soul, my uncle. I, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, with witchcraft of his wit, with traitorous gifts. Yeah, it's strange. He's speaking in, uh, what is that? Uh, Parcel tongue. tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. Harry <clears throat> okay. All right, here we go. My best ghost dad. Jello pudding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Too soon? I, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, with witchcraft of his wit, with traitorous gifts. Good. A little too much, like to to see. see yeah, I think a little got, too. We like, got a little too into the Harry Potter of it, but uh, yeah, yeah, a little too snaky. Oh man, too snaky. Yeah, that's that's technical. <laughs> oh well, you know what can you do? But still, pretty good. Pretty right. good. I like his contacts too. In that, I think the way they do the ghost in this looks really cool. The whole movie is about people with blue eyes. Is I mean, is, it, is it just me? The, everybody in this movie has blue eyes. Except for Fortinbras. Well, they're they're Danish, right? They're all blonde too, with the exception of you know the lower class. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. no, but it's all. I just I feel like I've seen. I saw so many close-ups of blue eyes in this film. <laughs> all right. Well, well noted. <laughs> I would just. I would, cool. like to, I would like to point that out. Yep. All right, Joe. And I'm going to point something out to you. It's your turn for first impressions. Right. You ready for this? I am going to give you uh, some of. Our dear Hamlet's dying lines. Uh, I want you to go uh, in, in his death scene, in his final moments. He calls out to Horatio. He says, you know, if you hold me in your heart, if you love me, go forth and tell my story. Absent thee from Felicity is, a while. Exactly. As he is falling to the floor, clutching himself, seething with poison just searing through his veins. Here's the clip. Okay. If thou didst ever hold me in my heart... Absent thee from felicity a while, and in this harsh world, draw thy breath in pain to tell my story. All right. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story, huh? Right, Horatio? That's right, exactly. Yeah. Ready, Joe? So, okay. So there is, there is poison coursing through my veins. I am, I am laying out on the palace floor, which is cold. It's the winter time. Oh, yeah. Um, dead body here. Dead body here. Uh, King is dead. Horatio is looking at me with his piercing blue eyes. I love mm. this man. I love this man. Okay. <clears throat> if thou didst ever hold me in thy heart, absent thee from felicity a while, and in this harsh world... Draw thy breath in pain to tell my story. Wow, that was yeah, really good. That was really yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, can't say I'm surprised, but yes, that was very, very good. Yeah, bravo, my friend. It got a little too British. A little? Uh, <laughs> well, you can't say that with the Kenneth Branagh performance, I don't think. I know, but yeah. He's kind of a swarthy <laughs> brain. Well, either way, great job. And now, once you're done scoring, you can set the scorecards to the side. Because we are done with the games portion for the moment. And going into a more open forum discussion we like to call scene work. 
Of course, if it wasn't blatantly obvious, we're an optimistic podcast, and we like to start things off optimistically. Best scene. What is the best scene of Hamlet 96? For my money, and I had a hard time deciding, but I, yeah. I really loved, and this is, I kind of rediscovered this scene. I've only seen this movie all the way through twice. Not in, three times now. Uh, the scene after he's murdered Polonius, where there's a chase through the halls, and then when he stands up to um, Claudius, kind of for the first time, face to face, and he gives him that speech about how uh, a king may go through the guts of a beggar, or a king may go through the guts of a beggar by way of being eaten by a fish. Anyway, that that bit doesn't matter, but he gets chased through the hallways, and uh, he ends up face to face with uh, with Claudius, and it's just it's the tension there is beautiful, and then he gets it's for Hamlet or for for England, and then he gets sent away. I, I think that scene is amazing, and he's playing with everyone's looking for the body. And he won't tell him where he hid the body. I think that's it's funny, it's it's intense. I feel like the stakes are amazing, and I I feel like in that scene, like uh, Branagh kind of meets his match with Jacoby's uh, Claudius. Like Jacoby is is matching him like step for step. He's not being he's not being acted out of a scene the way some people are in that film. Oh yeah, dude! When Claudius like finally has had enough and screams like, "Where is Polonius?" and like, slaps him, that's the one. It is that's the one. Exactly. And he's yeah. like, "And I will is, say, where's Polonius?" He's like, "Oh, at supper. Oh, at supper. At supper. Where? You know, like he's he's, yeah, just, yeah. he's there to like make fun of Hamlet back to his face." Yeah, uh, and I will say what you didn't mention uh, leading into that scene. Um, I really loved how you know we're in this enormous mansion uh, with all these like passageways and hallways and doors and all these like troops, I guess, or guards are coming out of every place, like just flowing all after Hamlet. And it is, it looks so cool. Every turn, every door he walks through, there's like three more guards, five more guards. And they're all just following him as he like delights his way through this uh, mansion after killing Polonius. There's one, there's one shot that's like a total Wes Anderson shot where it's outside the walls and it's going from room, the, the camera's tracking him going from room, so he's going through the doors, but the camera's outside the like impossibly outside yeah, the walls. Yeah, and I shot. love it. And there's people coming from everywhere, and it, it kind of like crystallizes like Grano's whole thing for the film, which is that there's all these corridors for spying, and there's all this spying going mm-hmm. on. There's people behind the walls, there's ears in the walls, all this stuff. Totally makes sense visually in that moment. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, secret doors everywhere in this fucking palace. Awesome. Mirrors, uh, two-way mirrors. I mean, it's so good. Uh, I, I'll use that to go into my best scene. I mean, it's it's gonna be a little cliched, but I think it's to be or not to be. Mm. I love that he does it to the mirror, and it doesn't even I show his face. I love that Claudius and uh, Polonius are listening and watching him, and you're not sure if he knows that or not. I mean, it kind of turns out that he does, but like, man, oh man, did I love it? I thought it was just such a an interesting take that I have never seen of that famous speech. Um, and then I even love it when he shoves a, I mean, it's terrible, but like when he shoves a feeling up against the glass and you go to the other side of the two way mirror and you see Winslet's face, like squished up against nothing because it's, you know, you're looking through the mirror. Uh, I, I just thought it was great. What a bold choice to, for the entirety of to be or not to be never show the actor's live face. It's only a reflection. It never and exists. It's never his face. The camera is on his reflection, which is just 
that's so it's it's so intense. Like that's so I hate to say meta because that would make me sound like an idiot, but it's, it's <laughs> well, what no, the but I mean, it is, is about. I mean, like he's talking to himself literally in his own reflection. He's not just standing out in the world like looking up at the sky. Like he's talking to himself. He's questioning himself. Of course. What what better time to have an existential crisis than when looking in directly the mirror, in the mirror? Exactly. Yeah. And I will say, very ballsy idea to film the majority of your movie in a room filled with mirrors. That is pretty ballsy. Yeah. Because that main hall is lined with mirrors. <laughs> Brad, what do you think, man? What's your best scene here? Uh, you actually made this easy, because I had oh. two scenes that were like kind of tied for me, one of which was the to-be-or-not-to-be scene, because that scene is great. Especially Branagh's... Um, uh, like almost pl- kind of playfulness at f- with it a little bit. Oh, not playfulness. That's the wrong word. But almost like torturing them, trying like you see the like kind of the evil kind of coming out of him a little bit. And he's you're not sure if he knows, but if he does, then he's really fucking with these guys. Yeah. And it's so fun to watch. But the scene that I will choose because uh, we discussed that one is actually when we is Hamlet's entrance. Mm, yeah. Um, I love that whole scene because, for, first of all, he enters and Branagh immediately steals the show. Yeah. I mean, he is so phenomenal in this movie that you just, you anytime he's off screen, you just want him back. Um, I, I snickered at the way he looked and then he started talking and I was immediately enraptured. Yeah. And, like, even that, like, close talk he has with uh, his mother and his uncle where he's, like, sitting there and it's all these very, like, their faces are, like, you know inches away from each other and they're having that talk but then more even once he takes the stage during their like wedding i guess or the Mm -hmm. actual ceremony and you get that shot of his face behind them but though right in between the two of their heads yeah and then he flips it around and you get that shot of like all the confetti falling and the back shot of uh hamlet as everybody clears out of the room he's just standing there it is, man, it's a beautiful shot. I believe that's the poster. Is it? Okay, well, there you go. And that's why. Uh, but, man, I that whole scene got me locked in pretty quickly to this movie. Yeah. That's a great scene. And, like, it's beautiful that he's, you watch him get left alone. Because it's not, like, he has that next speech, and it's a soliloquy, so he's alone. But, like, you get to watch the whole hall full of people for the whole beginning of the, you know, that scene empty out. And all the pomp and fanfare, like, follow them out. And then it's just one man alone in this, like... I love that, the feeling of that space having just been so alive. And then it's just Hamlet to talk to himself. Like, it's it's amazing. Instead of just cutting to, like, a moment later where he's sitting on the ground and, like, kicking rose petals around, we watch the, the egression of that whole... I think that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I love that soliloquy, too. Like, you go right into that. I mean, you go from that scene right into him just going nuts. Yeah. It's great. <clears throat> All right. Well, if there's a best scene, that means there must be, to do to do worst scene. What's the worst scene in Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet? I, okay, so I'm going to say one thing right off the bat. And while I love him so much, Jack Lemmon does not fit in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. He really doesn't. He does not sound like a Shakespeare actor at all. Like, I was always the same way. Anytime when I was in, I knew, I was like, I don't fit in Shakespeare. That's not how, what I am. And Jack Lemmon, unfortunately, is was a brilliant actor, one of the greats of all time. He doesn't fit in this movie. His, his, the way he delivers the dialogue is, stands out. It does stand mm. out. It stands, and, because 
Branagh cast almost everyone from the original RSC production in the main role. So anyone who's oh. not one of those RSC trained actors, and they're all of an like of an ilk. Like they all kind of have the same training. You can kind of tell they all have this sort of physical training. They're they use their breath in funny ways. Like you can, they really aspirate their breath. They're like, <gasps> every inhale has, a, it's like a punctuation mark. Like they really, you can tell they all train together. And any American actor in the film just sounds outside the world, which, yeah. which is why it kind of works for Billy Crystal because he's the grave digger. He's totally outside the world of the court. It kind of works for Osric and that Robert Williams can do anything. But Jack Lemon stands out a little bit in that he should be part of that like, guard contingent that catter of guards that is of that world that everyone all the other actors in there are rsc actors and he you're right he kind of sounds he just sounds off yes yeah uh, i'll contend that actually i don't think billy crystal works too well either i think robin williams actually does but i got i i don't know if it's my worst scene but man billy crystal like when he delivers that line like about uh, who can build things stronger than carpenters and uh, and whatever? And it turns out it's grave diggers. And he delivers the punchline like a New York Jewish stand-up comedian. <laughs> he's like, the houses they make last till doomsday, and it's like so not of this world. And it's so Billy Crystal. He's acting opposite Simon Russell Beale, who's the other grave digger, <laughs> yeah. who is one of the greatest. English actors of his generation yeah. has basically come to be the next Branagh. Like he is now in England, the the hot act. Like he is the actor right now. Um, I mean, we mentioned the green screen. I, I, I was like, oh boy. It's like it didn't look so bad when they pulled out, but man, right at the start, oh. I was like, oh, bad green screen shot. Um, but I'll tell you, I kind of have a problem with the climax of this film. I, I was going to... Actually, other than the Jack Lemmon thing, that was what I was going to talk about, too. Well, go ahead. You start it. Uh, it just... for Especially for a four-hour movie, it doesn't pay off. Like, every... All the... Because I... I'm not as familiar with Shakespeare as you... As, I'm sorry, as Hamlet, as you guys are. I've read it years ago. I've seen, like, the, some of the Olivier movie, not even all of it. And I couldn't... I knew just, like, everybody fucking dies, but I couldn't remember exactly how... And it just kind of didn't... I, I was waiting for that, and it just kind of let me down. I just wasn't that taken by it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, like, I had a problem with it, too, but it was not that I like, let down by it. It's that I, I thought it tried to do more than I was willing to let it do. Like, the throwing of the rapier... Absolutely! Oh. So ridiculous! What is that? Why would you? Why would you choose to do that? time. Like that is the most absurd thing I I could possibly imagine for that moment. And they and they yeah. shoot it absurdly, and it looks absurd. It's dumb. And then he yeah. swings and then down. Like, then and then like a flinch. swashbuckling movie as he cuts the chandelier and lets the chandelier fly into his uncle, which still doesn't even kill him yet. Then he still poisons him. Yeah. Yeah, I well, uh, first of all, I think it weakens, it just weakens the action of, the climactic action of the film has to be the murder of Claudius. Like, it has to be the revenge that yeah. Hamlet takes. He has to take it. He throws a rape, a poisoned rapier, I, like, what is it, like 150 feet? It's a long <laughs> way. It's an incredible throw. From a second story on to, into the first floor. How about this, Kenneth? Like, actually get in there. And kill the guy. Like, it's, you know, like, come down the stairs and, and 
tra- track him down and stab him. I mean, it should be face to face. It should be face to face. It's not. It's so impersonal. It doesn't feel. That's why it's not satisfying. It's like first of all, it's absurd and stupid, and the second reason is that it's it's just not. Like, did you really get revenge, or did you just decide on a whim to throw a dagger that got him? Yeah, and I will say this is where the Zeffirelli Mel Gibson Hamlet does real well because the final scene in that is brutal. Mel Gibson like grabs Claudius and grabs like the jug of wine and just starts like pouring it in his mouth, like drowning him in this poison wine. And it is like, holy shit. I mean, it's much more of a medieval set Hamlet than this is. This is very much like a a palatial uh, governmental Denmark than the Zeffirelli one, which is very much like more nomadic. It's kind of feudal. Um, Yeah. 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 Feudal. Exactly. Um, And, but a man went watching that one the other night and like, you know, he kills uh, Laertes and then everyone else. And then his mom, like, Glenn Close is, like, seizing and stuff. Like, it's, like, a bonkers last scene in that one that That's I totally love. That's what I wanted. And this one gets bonkers for all the weird wrong reasons. Like, it just seems it goes, like, not of this film. Like, it turns into, like, this big budget swashbuckling ep- epic, it seems like. And it just... And then Branagh's final lines really... He just seems like he's laying it on so thick. He'll just be like, ah, ah, and tell my story. The rest is silence. And his, even like the position he's chosen for uh, his last position. <laughs> Casual laying <Ouch>. down. <laughs> that's like my sleeping position. Like one I, knee up and one arm under my head. Like that's. <laughs> I will, I'm like, that looks really comfortable. He's going to have a nice trip to the afterlife. That looks nice. I'm glad he's found himself a nice position. Rest in peace, Hamlet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, good points. Joe, what's your worst scene? So my worst scene is, and, uh, I just, I, I don't have a big problem with it. I just feel like the ghost scene when he actually draws Hamlet away is like, it feels like Tremors meets Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the ground's opening up and he's like, and the ghost keeps going, swear. Yeah. It's, it's so sound stagey. It's not, it's not scary. It looks like Evil Dead. It looks like Evil Dead. It looks like a bad soundstage. It doesn't. It doesn't do. It doesn't do anything for me. And I yeah. feel like that. Which is also fun. I just feel like that scene needs to be really weird, scary. Everyone needs to be losing their mind, like losing their wits. Because honestly, if Hamlet doesn't question whether the ghost is genuine or a devil sent to damn him, then the rest, then his indecision for the next two and a half hours is maddening, like impossible to take. So like that scene needs to be, he needs to recognize his dad. Sure. But he needs to think like, this could also be a really horrible, horrible devil come to, come to damn me. So we need to be scared of that. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, that's what Horatio tells him. He's like, man, what if he runs you off a cliff, man? Don't do this. Exactly. So, like, I, I don't mind his conversation with the father, but then after that, when they're running around trying to swear to not talking about it, and, oh, yeah. I mean, that's in the script. Uh, yeah, you have to have it. If you're including everything, you got to have it. But give me something more scary than, like, a soundstage opening up a little bit and, like, your dry ice blowing through the cracks. Yeah, and they use it, like, the same shot ten times, too. Oh, over and over. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't look real at all. Yeah. It looks so fake. They shot that on the same day they shot the green screen, so. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, it's funny to me that it it did look so much like Evil Dead when they're running through that, like, smoky woods and the ground's opening up, because when Hamlet goes to his book and, like, pages through it to find the thing that's, like, about demons, it almost looks like the Book of the Dead. 
Like, it almost looks like it's a book bound in flesh. Like, it's, yep. yeah, I was like, what, is this purposeful? <laughs> Brad, I was a big Rainy fan? I don't really understand. <laughs> Maybe. Like, uh, anything else and to mention you... for any scene work here? No, it's, yeah, that's, it's, we've said it all. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. That's pretty much it. Well, then, here it is, guys. Time for milking it, the final game of the podcast. Zero to five points for each player involved. That is each one of us around the podcast table tonight and across the reaches of the internet. Reaching a draw card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to look at Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet to reuse its characters, its themes, its plot lines, whatever you'd like to take, salvage, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, and make a brand new movie to put back out there for our viewing, listening audience, and the studio system, hopefully netting a billion dollars in revenue. So, here it is, the old Hollywood relic, the big box of Hollywood ideas, and I believe, Brad Davis, it is your turn to go first. Alrighty. Go. <laughs> the trilogy card. The trilogy <laughs> card. It has been forever wow. since someone pulled the trilogy card. That is hilarious. All right. The Hamlet trilogy from what Brad Davis. Sure. Okay. I'll go here. I'll draw a card. I got a murder mystery. No, oh, that's fitting. That actually. is fitting. Yeah. yeah. All right. I can do that. And Joe. <laughs> Superhero movie. Wouldn't you know? What you know? <laughs> Hamlet superhero. All right. Well, that is the day and age we're in, isn't it? All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break, get our thoughts together, and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back, high on film, right in the middle of milking it for Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet 96. I like calling it Hamlet 96, like yeah, the airplane, is airport fun. 77. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun for me. Anyway, let's get to milking it, guys. We have three new movies for your listening enjoyment. And I believe we're starting off with the big guy. The trilogy card. The BD. That's always GP. Brad? <laughs> yeah. What you got for us? Um, okay, so we're going to start off. Uh, so the Hamlet movie we watched, the Hamlet movie that actually exists here, is actually the third movie of the trilogy. Oh. Because oh. kind of almost felt like it had to be because so many fucking people die. What do you do for that? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so that's the third one. So the first one is we're seeing a young... Uh, Hamlet's father, also named Hamlet, but uh, a young Hamlet's father and him meeting Gertrude. And we're kind of seeing their courtship as we're mm. also seeing Hamlet's, uh, King, or Hamlet's father and his uh, relationship with his father, which is certainly uh, complicated, um, but he, he leaves a good impression on him, though he is very hard on him. Um, and we're seeing that him and Gertrude have just met and they're... Uh, you know, things are going along well there. And then suddenly, uh, Hamlet's father dies. And now, you know, uh, ghost dad Hamlet has to be, <laughs> uh, is now king. And him and Gertrude are still very early on in their courtship, but he's basically told, you have to marry her because we, she needs to be the queen. We need 
uh, we need those roles filled. So, because his mother had passed away. So they, mm-hmm. um, so he marries her very early on in the relationship. Um, we see uh, Claudius and his kind of his jealousy for the relationship. He obviously has a thing for Gertrude as well. Um, and we see uh, the, after the dad died, the dad dies about the halfway point. So in the second half is Ghost Dad Hamlet coming to, <laughs> Just, to, just to, so it doesn't get confusing. Sure. Um, the second half of the movie is him, his rise, realizing how to be a king, his marriage, which is they got jumped into this very quickly, so they're not exactly uh, compa- as compatible as they originally thought, and just kind of everything uh, that goes along with finally becoming king and finally being respected, getting the respect of everybody else in the kingdom. And the sudden death of his father. I mean, that's, yes, that's exactly. great. This is great. Um, to like a heart attack, like no, no foul play, like legitimately passed away. And so that's the first movie and that's called King Hamlet. Ah. Um, the second movie is we flash forward to now, um, the, uh, ghost dad Hamlet and Gertrude ha- now have a son, uh, other Hamlet. And we're seeing now their relationship like, why he worships his dad so much, why he looks up to him so much. He's a really good father. Um, But we also kind of see this... um, Or no, I'm sorry, that's... Brad, come on. I'm confusing. I'm sorry. Sorry, there's a lot of things going on here. That's actually also in the first one, too, as we see. Brad's making three movies here. Right. Uh, That's true, that's true. It's a big project. I got got a little confused here. So the second half, also, you see his young young son, Hamlet, born now, and we're seeing that relationship there. We flash forward, that's in the first movie, I apologize, that's in King Hamlet. So the second movie is now, Hamlet is off at college. You're seeing that now him and the... Brand the college film? <laughs> no, 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 no. Animal House? No, he's not oh, in okay. He's actually oh, not wow. in the movie. Damn, uh, what? We'll wait. Um, so we see basically everything that is now happening where uh, Ghost Dad Hamlet and Gertrude's marriage has deteriorated. Like, they're, he's still in love with her, but she is no longer in love with him. We're seeing Claudius now kind of moving in on his wife. She's much more interested in him. There's a, a undeniable chemistry there. Um, she, while there's, there's no actual thoughts of love, she's definitely more, um, alive when she's with him. Um, and so then we actually see Claudius plotting the murder. Uh, it's a lot of him going through the emotions of whether to actually do this, the execution of the murder, uh, his comforting of Gertrude and them slowly becoming closer. And then him eventually proposing to her and asking her to marry him when she says yes. And the movie ends with Hamlet at college, and that's the only time we see him in the movie, getting the news that his father's passed away and that his bro- his uncle is marrying his mother. Oh, all And right. that's how the second one ends, and that's called Killing Hamlet. Uh-huh. And then we have the third movie, Just Hamlet. Okay. Or Hamlet. Just, just Hamlet. Hamlet. Just You're Hamlet. You're retitling this one, yep. Just Hamlet. Yep, Just <laughs> Hamlet. Just Hamlet being Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that's my trilogy. Yeah, all right, pretty good. I like that. Yeah, apologies for the confusion on that. No, no, it's it's okay. I, I like the wooing of uh, Gertrude in each one, kind of mirroring... Yes, yeah. very much so, yes. Yeah, really nice. Is Gertrude in on the plot to kill the hus- uh, to kill Hamlet? I, so I was actually going to ask you guys that. I always assumed no. Well, not... She's well, definitely not according to the Shakespeare play, I don't think. Okay, don't think. yeah, yeah, yeah. In mine, she is not. 
Okay. She's just kind of fallen out of love with her husband, and she's started already, like, kind of have feelings for Claudius. So then right. once his, her husband passed away, it's very easy for him to manipulate her and have her fall in love with him because she's kind of already down that path. Here we go, guys. A murder mystery of Hamlet. Uh, so, famous detective Hercule Poirot thought he was <laughs> just attending a regular old rehearsal dinner for a recently wi widowed uh, mother and her new husband, uh, Claudius, in Denmark. But uh, turns out, at the rehearsal dinner, uh, a fellow, one of the groom's best, the groom's best man, Polonius, is killed. What? I know, I know. And now, this famous detective has no choice but to throw himself into this case and find out who killed Polonius. Was it uh, Horatio in the library with a rapier? Was it Ophelia in the garden with a spade? We'll never know as Poirot uh, trapes through this palace, uh, searching for the real killer and uh, positing all these ideas of how each person in this palace could have killed Polonius. Uh, so we see a different number of endings play out right. before finding out that it was actually Hamlet as he uncovers the story of Claudius's treachery uh, through clues left around the palace that he actually killed Ghost Dad Hamlet. Ghost Dad Hamlet, thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In Murder in the Danish Danish Palace. <laughs> Chris, I like it. I want to produce it, but only if Kenneth Branagh plays all the male roles. Deal. He's going to Peter Sellers it in Dr. Strangelove. He's playing Hamlet, he's playing Claudius, and he's playing Poirot. Yeah, yeah. I love it. He's, he's already Poirot. played Hamlet. He's already played it. Poirot. He's just got to take up a few others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can be the Gravedigger and uh, Horatio as well. I love it. I'm in. Thank I'm you. In. Thank you. Put me down for six billion. Fix six million dollars. Six million? That's great. That's all right. Yeah, I almost said it in the Teen uh, Clothing Store Express, so it'd be Murder in the Danish Express. Oh. <laughs> I would have. I would have probably given you more points if you did. But I feel like it had like, to be truer to Hamlet. So yes. That's why I did it in the palace. Yeah, it would have only been a tenth of a point. So okay, you didn't lose enough. much, fair but enough. that's fair. Okay. Thank you. All I ask is for fairness. Joe, do you have a superhero movie ready for us today? Do I ever? Okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just tell you about it. So his... Please, okay. please. So it's set in modern day um, Denmark. Hamlet is born with this super intellect. I mean, I'm talking on a level that we mere mortals can't even understand and it's reasoning but and it's it's all calculation it's not he has very little emotional intelligence he has a high reasoning ability he goes off to Wittenberg and he becomes a chess champion he's a chess okay. prodigy he is the best chess player to have ever lived and then the, Ham the story of Hamlet kind of starts to play out. He gets information about his uh, father having died and um, his uncle taking the throne and his mother marrying his uncle. And he comes home and in this, like in the moment that he is at the coronation, at that moment when his uncle is saying, you know, I've married your, your mom, he has this, chess moment flash where he sees he sees the whole story of Hamlet basically playing out and he decides 
to, to flip the script a little bit. He's going to play along with everything. He knows that there's going to be some, he's knows that his dead dad is going to come and talk to him and, uh, and all this stuff is going to happen, but he's actually two moves ahead the entire time. So he gets a, he gets another set of soliloquies while his like body is having a soliloquy. His mind gets a soliloquy talking about how he has to sort of make this move so that someone who sees him making this move will think that he's this and then he's doing that other thing. So every time he makes a move like killing Polonius or throwing over Ophelia, he's actually winking to the camera being like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I intend to do this. He has a malice towards Polonius that allows him to kill him with malice. And even though he's like, I didn't know he was back there. He knew he was back there. Ophelia, he feels slighted by her playing for her father's team, basically, and giving him back his letters and things like that. So he has no problem being like, get thee to a nunnery, go. Uh, he wants nothing to do with her. He knows she's going to kill herself. He is a sociopath. He's not a hero. He's totally an anti-hero. Um, we get to the end. He's played this game perfectly. Uh, he knows he's going to die, but he's okay because he's, he's going to think that his story will be told in perpetuity as a hero. Meanwhile, he doesn't know. The one thing he missed was that Horatio has actually spotted him in one of these double soliloquy moments where he's watching this, this mad genius talking to himself, but also commenting on his talking to himself. It's bizarre. And Horatio, who's also a chess player, I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Just decides that he is going to flip, flip the script, double flip the script. Like, that's a, so you're back on your feet. Never mind. Um, so he, right as the duel is about to begin... Uh, out of nowhere, pulls a knife and yells, for Denmark! And he cuts Hamlet's throat. Hamlet, as he's bleeding out, uh, falls to the floor, and instead of saying, like, tell the rest is silence, tell my story, all this stuff, he's bleeding on this white tile, he says, uh, you've checkmated me. And he dies. <laughs> Joe, can I, can I just say one thing right here? Why not just checkmate? <laughs> Why you checkmated me? I, I, actually, I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a different twist on it. <laughs> you checkmated me. You checkmated me. About, I believe I've been checkmated by you. Yeah, there it is. That's better. That's what I want. I believe I've been checkmated by you. That's the one. That's the, that's the line. <laughs> all right. All right. And your title? It's called Kings and Pawns. Ooh. Really like the title. Yeah, really like the title. Yeah. yeah. Very nice, sir. Very, yeah. very nice. That title's going to get you some bonus points. <clears throat> oh, okay. Because the summary well, guys, as you left summary... something to be designed. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, as you uh, finalize your scores, we're going to move into our pessimistic end of the show known as Podcast Regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during the duration of this podcast? I mean, I know mine, I, I can tell you. Uh, we didn't mention so many, not only famous lines, but like uh, 
lines that have become part of our vernacular that I just can't believe, like, every time I read or watch Hamlet, I'm always, like, shocked at, like, another one that I notice that I'm like, oh, we say that all the time. Brevity is the soul of wit. Uh, to thy own self be true. We never said something is rotten in Denmark over this whole fucking podcast. Which is actually my regret is that <laughs> that line is delivered by Jack Lemon. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that fucking line is, that's my regret is because that line is great. Yeah. And just, and I can I love Jack Lemmon so much. <laughs> we know that. But he does not fit in this movie. And that line is totally ruined in this movie because he is not, no. doesn't work. My, just, for the, just for the record, my wife Lily loves Jack Lemmon, adores, just loves Jack Lemmon. And when he came on the screen, Lily was like, oh, Jack Lemmon. Oh, this movie's so good. <laughs> he was a treasure. He's a treasure. He is a national treasure. And then she was like, I wish we were watching Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> it's shorter. I was like, Lily, you, you have three and a half hours left of this movie. Okay, so you'll be wishing that at several points, I imagine. But Yeah. Uh, former High On Film guest, Lily Yunker. <laughs> former High On Film guest, Lily Yunker. You'll remember her from Singing in the Rain fame. That's right. You will. You will. Brad, any podcast regret? Oh, that's your podcast regret? My podcast regret is that Jack Lemmon Jack says, says that something is rotten in Denmark. Fair enough. Uh, that's kind of it. I, and Kate Winslet, I guess I'll just give her a shout out because she is always wonderful and she is so good in this movie that's exactly my podcast regret i can't say enough she is 20 years old during the filming of this movie and she's maybe the best performer in it and she's she's not doing the sort of over the top stage thing but she is matching them completely and it's so she moves me more than anyone else in this film like it is the heaviest lifting part for any actor in this film, even more than Hamlet, the emotional heavy lifting that she has to do, every scene is like a new depth of despair for this character. Like she just gets shit on so much. And Kate Winslet gets it. Like she really gets it. She is the Ophelia for me. Like she yeah. has to be I, obedient to her father. She also loves her father, and like the the conflict in inside of her there is so powerful for me because I the question is like is she a feminist character? Does she she doesn't stand up to her father? She doesn't like fight for what she actually believes or who she loves. But like she does love her father. She loves her brother. That scene where she's where her brother's leaving and they have those like close talking moments where like you see that family how close they are. I mean, it's well directed to set that up, but like. Kate Winslet just carries her scenes so well. I, yeah. I, yeah, I can't say enough about her. And to be 20 years old doing that film. Well, she was obviously just a ridiculous talent. I mean, she is one of the best working actresses. Yeah, the next right year, she did Titanic. So, yeah, she, like, blew up. Yeah, what is this? Like, right after this, right after no, Beautiful no. Creatures? I mean, yeah, well, I saw that she found out she got Titanic cool. while on the set of this. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, she's a wonder. Uh, she's just such a terrific actress. So, and I've got the points tallied here, guys. We're 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 running down the end of the show. Brad, yes, third place, my friend. No, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me in a Shakespeare podcast. Sure, sure. you uh, you're self admitting that you would not. I uh, I should fit. I should finish third in this yeah. one. So, thirteen point seven points. Sir. Okay, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'm not too far ahead of you. 14.2 points, but Joe McGranigan. The, the, the Hamlet to our Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. No, that's nice, actually. <laughs> that's actually really nice. 
wins the podcast at 17.45 points. Oh Joseph. my god. You know, I picked it just so I could win. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you I, picked I, it. I, I think That's of you both I think of you both more as Horatios. I would hope so. And Thank please you. know we would never betray you by going to your uncle and uh, I don't even know your uncle. Joe, an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. You were seriously one of the people that I've always wanted to have on this show, and I knew we could not wrap it up without having you on. So thank you for making the time. I love you so much, buddy. All the stories are true. This is a blast, and I, I wish that, uh, you know, let's just start the podcast over with the three of us, and we'll, we'll go from scratch. Absolutely. I, I would love to do a podcast any day, man. Any day. No, you guys uh, are the best. I love you, too. You guys are the best. Thank you. And, and, and keep uh, up the good work. I love we, the podcast. We love you, buddy. Uh, do you have anything to promote? Any shows coming up? You're a working actor. Well, I'm doing Hamlet in New York at, uh, and later in the summer. So it's going to be at the Brick really? Theater in uh, Brooklyn. So we'll talk about it's, it's still in the works, but uh, part of the Shakespeare in the Theater Festival at uh, the Brick Theater. It's an adaptation of it's an adaptation of Hamlet called Hamlet, What Dreams May Come. Oh, another yeah. line we did not mention. The Robin Williams movie. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a it's a mashup. What who are you playing? Robin Williams. Oh, you're playing Robin Williams? <laughs> no, I'm I'm playing Hamlet. There's a, it's a four person. Oh, Hamlet. of course you are. Well, Joe, thank you uh, once again, man. It is an absolute pleasure, and I am so glad you actually made me watch this film. I, I think I'm better for it, I, and I really enjoyed it. You I are. Really you're a better man. You're a, you're a more cultured. I can already feel it ra- like radiating off of you. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't think I've ever seen a full production of Hamlet. I, I think every production I've seen, movie or, or theatrical, have been truncated versions. So to go from something that's a full folio, uh, original folio text, is a, uh, something I did want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've done it. You can say you've done it. And like, I do think that the the, the script should be cut down. There's, I there were scenes I came across. That I was like, oh, that's too long. Brad Davis. Yes, sir. Thank you as always, my friend. Always a pleasure. Uh, at BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram, and that is what's fit to print. That's what's fit to print. <laughs> uh, not quite our tagline, but. Uh... I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media accounts. That's Chris with an O in place of the I. At High on Film is the show wherever you would like to find us. Of course, even in these late episodes, you should go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and uh, a, a, a couple a star rating. Those are always lovely to get. Yeah, we like star ratings. Yeah, and they're they're great for our egos. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> we need it. Otherwise, we will be back next week with Oscars. Is that right? Is that right? Um, no. I think we're. I think we have a week in between. A week in between. I think. But Oscars. We'll check. We're teasing it every episode. <laughs> Oscars are coming down the barrel. So tune in for that, guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Good night, sweet prince. May angels sing you. What is it? Uh, sing you to thy rest. Let flights of angels sing you to thy rest. Guys, we love you, Joe. Always a pleasure, my friend. Such a pleasure. Good night. Good night. Goodbye.